0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Buckeye Bob Blast with Bell Haven
1: and the Boy. Thanks for joining us. We do have a great episode today. Obviously, getting to uh, the uh, title game recap and uh, a year uh, kind of year-end review of the Righteous Bucks. Um, but before then. I have the totals for the The bowl season set. They um, have been released. This is our third, I believe, uh, kind of like our own version of Bullmania. Mania. Um, The first two, the first two I took, um, both the uh, record and the points. Uh, This year we split, so... Uh, you you won the record, uh, twenty two and seventeen to my twenty and nineteen. Uh, but I won narrowly in points, four eighty five to four sixty three.
0: That's some wild stuff.
1: It is. Obviously, some games got canceled. We kind of just let those points go to waste. Um, I think you did have uh, a couple on the board, or at least to- uh, total total higher total uh, with those games than i did so um if those games had played uh you probably would have gotten that but tis what it is well the problem
0: is is i took so long to actually um put my confidence points on so as games were happening i didn't feel comfortable putting really high points on so I just you know kept putting right. put one on that one put two on this one or whatever right and it wasn't until after I don't know a good number of games had gone by that I actually put my confidence points on and that by that time I was you know they were all high so and they ended up on cancelled games as well so that's my story and I'm sticking to it
1: so we at least finished you know in the positive for both season um despite all the changes and uh the cancellations so fun nonetheless um kind of Change, a, a fun bull season says,
0: <laughs> otherwise
1: uh yeah some some good bull games uh overall a lot of them you know not great some blowouts of course but uh, there were some interesting matchups so Fun season overall, um of course, we both finished with a win as we both picked Georgia to win and way back
0: to Georgia Bulldogs to win that their s e c national Championship.
1: yeah, so congratulations to Georgia, their first uh, title in forty two years uh, kinda crazy, but that's
0: Quarenta e dose to my southern it's... brethren.
1: <laughs> we said it uh before if this if this uh if they were going to do it it was going to be this year and uh they definitely delivered. Uh, Alabama was down uh this year clearly a rebuilding year um and a down SEC. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: so, That's amazing to have uh, my, our rebuilding years in the national championship
1: game. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um and you look on the uh the odds on favorites with everybody they're bringing back um, uh Alabama and Ohio State right there uh one and two I believe Georgia may be in the mix uh, two or three um but yeah it's uh, all the favorites are going to Ohio State and bam at this point which it probably should um both yeah. will bring a, bring back a lot of experience but um yeah getting into the uh, game did you did you watch a lot of the game? I
0: watched probably I don't know, a quarter's worth. I uh, did not watch okay. the second half. I, I saw quite a bit of the first half and uh it was so dreadfully dull and boring um <laughs> that I you know, I just didn't really have much interest in it. Uh looks like it probably got better in the second half. Um it but did, it was yeah. just a, a field goal fest. Um nobody was wanting to take any risks whatsoever it looked like um so i don't know if that changed in the second half they decided hey you know if we're gonna do this we have got to take some risks or whatever but yeah the first half was dreadfully boring
1: yeah i didn't watch much of the first half i uh i kind of had it on in the background but i did watch pretty much the whole second half uh and it actually was was pretty fun to watch um it was a slugfest, but uh, it, it was a good it was a good physical physical game, uh, and there were a lot of hard hard clean hits uh, that you know just don't see all the time. Um, but there were some really nice hits on both sides, but definitely the Georgia defense. Um, yeah, uh, you know we I said it at the beginning of our last podcast. Uh, you know usually especially in title games, the, the, truly the better team normally wins. Um, and that was the case here. Uh, Georgia was the better team, uh, obviously didn't help that. You know Jamison went down in the, uh, in the second quarter to the injury. Um, I think that really hurt their ability for Alabama to get, uh, you know, big plays down the field. Um, that's really what, you know, hurt Georgia in that first matchup is just a lot of big plays. Um, Alabama, again, wasn't very effective running the ball. I think they had two drives um, where they ran pretty well. Um, But overall, uh, Georgia stopped the run, and they did what we thought they were going to do. They got a lot of pressure. And and even when they didn't get to um, Bryce Young this time, they forced a lot of throwaways, uh, which they didn't uh, in the first matchup. So I thought that was a key there. Uh, The biggest... Uh, other key, too, was uh, they just didn't let Alabama score touchdowns, um, especially in that first half. Yeah, Alabama, I was m- driving the ball pretty well, um, and then they got into the red zone. And um, unlike last year, there was just no creativity. I mean, you remember last year uh, with Sark as the OC against Ohio State. I mean, especially when they got in the red zone, they were just motioning everything. I mean, that's because
0: Ohio State kept falling for it every time.
1: Well, yeah, but. You know, usually you, you try to be creative. You, you do different motion misdirections to um, find your good matchups. And when Alabama got into the red zone, uh, you know, in this game against Georgia, there was nothing. I mean, just your standard run play. They didn't try anything creative. And uh, Georgia was very easily able to stop them. Um, Alabama only scored that one touchdown after, uh, a, you know, a stupid fumble uh, by Bennett in their own half. Uh, where Alabama had great field position, like at the eleven, I think to start, and they—that's the only touchdown they they scored. So, um, yeah, it was just <clears throat> nothing really doing for Alabama, and uh, you know, I think it's it's funny because we've talked about in this you know modern age where um, it, your elite offenses uh, are going to win. You have your truly elite quarterback. Those are the teams that are gonna win you the titles. Uh and Georgia, uh Georgia won it this year. You know, we always say you have to have a um a championship caliber defense. And not only did Georgia have that, they did truly have an elite defense. Um probably one of the the best ones, you know, we've seen in a while. Um Agreed. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can't think you look at some of the other Uh, title games um you know i think back to ohio state i mean they won that 2002 title with a great defense um yes there there have been some other teams that have good defenses that have stopped opponents like uh you know usc i think the next year against oklahoma florida when they beat ohio state so their defense played really well um well, I think Bama's defense in twenty eleven in
0: 2011 was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there, there were a couple no of those uh,
0: championships you. that were won by defense by Bama, but that was up until recently. I think you're right. I mean, up until last night, you hadn't had a really solid defense um, taking the uh, in in the playoff era.
1: Right, but at least in the past decade, you really haven't seen it, especially since you know the big transition into the modern offense. Um, you know, with the RPO, uh, style, style game. So, um, you know, credit to Georgia, uh, Kirby smart, um, you know, won his way and he did it with a walk on quarterback, um, who, who played just well enough. And yeah, that Georgia offense was hot garbage in the first half, uh, couldn't do anything, but, um, yeah, they, uh, I think they only had two plays over 20 yards, uh, but, when they needed to, um, they converted some, some routes over the middle to keep drives alive. They ran the ball uh, pretty well in the fourth quarter and, uh, they were just kind of able to wear down the Alabama defense. Uh, but both defenses played, played really well. Um, it, and I just thought it was fun to watch cause it was, it was a, a tough physical game. Uh, and you know, we just haven't seen that really in a while. Um, I I mean I think I think the game like Ohio State Clemson in 2019 that was a physical game, um, you know tough, hard fought game at the line of scrimmage and those are, uh, types of game even though they don't always look the prettiest uh, at least to me th- those are fun, um, and so yeah uh, congratulations to Georgia um, I, I enjoyed watching the second half you know as much as we harp on these SEC teams you know I said it last time that they both deserve to be there. They're, they obviously, you know, are extremely talented. They recruited a high level, um, and they play really well and they did this year. So yeah, not surprised Georgia won. I am surprised that they pulled away a little bit there late, but, um, yeah, Bryce Young was not very effective, uh, especially on the run, uh, and especially once, Uh, Williams got out. Uh, Yeah, just those young receivers. I think uh, that freshman, that true freshman, 84, he was targeted a lot as soon as he got in. Um, He just couldn't catch the ball to save his life. I think he had like two receptions on eight targets there in in the first like, I don't know, 10 minutes he was in. But um, yeah, clearly they'll be back next year. They have a lot of uh, guys returning, a lot of young guys, much like Ohio State. Um, So it, it should be interesting. To see kind of that race for next year, but yeah, just your uh, your thoughts on the game.
0: Well, yeah. So, like I said, I didn't uh, see a lot of the game. It was boring. Um, yes, congratulations to to Georgia. You know, finally getting over the hump. I know what that feels like. You know, that was two thousand and two um, for for Ohio State. I don't know that it was the same number of years as Georgia, but it was pretty close. It was thirty um, plus years you know, between uh, Ohio State's last national championship and 2002. So I I, I can definitely appreciate the elation. Uh, of course, Ohio State took it again in 2014. And as awesome as that was, I, I have to be honest, it doesn't feel, it did not feel quite the same as 2002. So that's that's amazing for for, for Georgia, um, Bama. Just amazed by the fact that yeah, to your point, it, they're rebuilding gear and they're they're in the national championship. Um, so uh, I, that, that not much more I can say about the game. Uh, I know a lot of people are out there, you know, kind of probably. Mocking me, making fun of me because I <laughs> I always rant about the SEC and that's fine. You know, I I I would perfectly understand that uh, given the fact that you had two SEC teams play uh, in the national championship game and of course Georgia winning. Uh, what I would say to that is it 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 says nothing to to what I really rant about and that's the SEC. I don't rant much about Georgia or Bama. I was actually. I'd now I'll good naturedly make fun of Bama and Georgia I'll good naturedly and probably not anymore, but you know I would make fun of Kirby Smart for not being terribly smart sometimes, but hey, <laughs> he won a national championship. Uh, yes, I get it even Dumbo I mean Jimbo Fisher uh, won, won a national championship at one point but but no I mean Kirby Smart did an, an amazing job. So I, I actually always I am pretty respectful of, of Bama and Georgia. Had Georgia ranked number one the entire year. Bama, I did not. Uh, My final poll, I had them at number three, though, um, which is where I think they deserved. Um, My issue is with the, the love affair with the SEC and the fact that how you get Bama and Georgia up there. Now, Georgia was going to be there regardless, but this year... Um, I really do believe that there are teams that would have matched up better with Alabama than Cincinnati and would have beat Alabama uh, in the in the playoffs. Um, that doesn't mean that Alabama wasn't obviously a good team. I'm just saying that they were able to get to number one. Yes, peace. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. But this was prior to that a one-loss Bama team that lost to, let's be honest, not a very good team. A&M team. AM finished, what, seven and five? That was not a very good team that, that, that Bama lost to. They were okay. And because they have such a love affair with the SEC, they jam these guys all, they pepper them all the way across the top 25 when they don't belong. That final CFP poll, I think, had Arkansas. You know, a four-lost team in there. And there were so many four-lost teams, not just in the Big Ten, but other conferences that were better than Arkansas. Uh, or at least had a better resume, and they weren't even close to the top 25. The point is, Bama was number one, not just because they beat Georgia, but because they're Bama and because they littered the rest of the top 25 with all of these mediocre to bad SEC teams so that you can make a case to keep Bama number one. That's how Bama has gotten to many of their national championships. And I've said this before. Nick Saban is the best coach, obviously, of all time now. And Bama is obviously, over the past 20 years, the UCLA of college football. And, and you know anybody that knows UCLA basketball will know what I'm talking about there. Um, but I still believe that in the BCS and playoff era, there were a number of times that Bama got into that playoff because they were SEC. They had the same record as other teams. Other teams probably had a better resume, uh, et cetera, but they weren't Bama. They weren't SEC, and they didn't get in. So no, uh, I don't think the fact that you had an All SEC championship game uh, really does anything to what I ran about. Um, but I get that people would think that way, and and uh, yeah, relish it. Uh, obviously, I would. I mean, if the shoe <laughs> was on the other foot, I'd be I would be ripping. Uh, on the guy sitting in the seat right now. So uh, there's that. Um, <laughs> there was something interesting that you said, though. I mean, it was with respect to, you know, the defense of Georgia. And uh, I was reading on, on one of the, the forums uh, during the game and after the game, and, you know, people are just talking about how amazing these defensive lines are for georgia and bam and i agree i've said it many times on here i think the thing that separates those sec teams when they when they are better is really their their defensive lines primarily and they just always have really good defensive tackles and defensive ends across the board and um ohio state they get defensive ends and every once in a while the Get lucky on a few defensive tackles. They bring them up. That's when they, twenty fourteen, they had great defensive tackles to complement their defensive ends, and, and and then people are like, well, you know, why doesn't Ohio State get the, you know, these this talent? Well, they do, and look at Hero Canoe. Right, this guy, you and I, I don't. I've seen some publications where he's listed as a defensive end. I've seen some as a defensive tackle, and, and many of them just say defensive line. Uh, I would say he is on the high end for a defensive end, but on the low end for a defensive tackle. But he's a four star, and just right not long before he committed, um, Darian, what is his name? Darian Henry Young, I think is his name. Um, was, a I think, a second or third year redshirt sophomore, maybe, um, four-star. And you look at their rankings when they came out of high school. Here, Canoe's uh, rated a little bit higher, but not a lot. Um, he's a little bit bigger, a little bit taller. But by and large, uh, coming out of high school, both four-stars, I would say, okay, this is pretty much the same person. I never heard Heidner' tale of this Darian Henry Young guy. And he's transferring out, and, and he's—I don't know where he's going now. But the point is, is why is Hero Canoe going to be different, right? Um, it really goes back to to people on the on the board on the on them their internet saying, "Well, we just don't get the talent." Yeah, we do. I mean, we had four. I mean, Teron Vincent, I think, was a five-star defense, and you know, he was recruited as a defensive tackle, I think. And I was amazed that we got him. Um but we've taken good four-star ends, bulked them up, put them in the middle of the line. I mean, these are four- and five-star guys there. The difference is in the SEC, what I will give them credit for is they have solid lines almost on all of their teams. And those t- those defensive lines just come out so much better. And I don't know what the answer is. I do know that Ohio State has to recruit a little bit better in their defensive tackles. But at the end of the day... Talent-wise, as bad as Ohio State looked against Michigan and Utah in the center of that line, the talent gap is not that big between Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State. Their defensive line, I grant you, Ohio State's defensive line is not as strong, but it is not that big of a gap. Um, And and that's just one of the interesting things. When you you go back to um, that game, right, and you were talking about Georgia's defense, And to me, I'll just take it a step further with the whole SEC thing. Um, I do believe the SEC has, uh, on the aggregate, much better defensive linemen. And I think there are teams other than Georgia and Bama that have really good, like A&M, have really good defensive lines uh, in the SEC. Um, But a lot of them don't. And that's... One of the primary reasons Georgia and Bama are there is because their defensive lines are so much better than than everybody else's, including their own conference.
1: No. Yeah, I I mean, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, We talk about um, football is a game that is won in the trenches. I mean, you cannot do anything if you can't push the guy opposite you off the ball. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, That's why... um, you know, this year, when push came to shove, uh, Ohio State lost those games because when the talent was equal or greater to them, they couldn't move guys off the ball. Um, and that was for that was for both sides of the line. Uh, and that's why they lost those games. I mean, f- finesse will only get you so far. Um, in, in this game, you have to be able to run the ball. And while Ohio State was to some degree... Um, they couldn't get the yards that they needed in the big time games, and I think that was the main issue. And yeah, that's what we have to get back to. I mean, that's why that's why we won in 2002 and in 2014, even 2015 with the same guys. Even though they lost to Michigan State, was still a, a national caliber type team. Same with 2019, just um, you know, a couple plays here and there that you know just don't go your way. So, well, 2019,
0: um, we, I I just think um, Ryan Day puckered up in the uh in that game against Clemson. Ohio State should have beat Clemson that year uh, at least by two to three touchdowns. But he would just pucker up um, in that game. I'm saying that because that 2019 team with respect to run versus pass was beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful oh, yeah, absolutely. team uh, in its ability to both run and pass whenever you needed to. Um yeah, 2020 was trending more. And, and that's another thing on the Ryan day. You look, what is it? 2018. He was not here in 2017. Was he? I don't remember.
1: Uh, I thought so. I thought he was the OC for two years before he took over, but I couldn't. Okay. Wrong.
0: So 17 and 18. Um, I'm not remembering 2017 all that well right now, to be honest, but I would say 2018, they favored the past a little bit too much. And they were a little wobbly in getting yards on on the ground when you really wanted them to. Um, twenty twenty was that way part of the year. Uh, twenty uh, seventeen may have been. I, I guess my point is is you. Know, I do worry that uh, Ryan Day is trending more towards a pass happy. You know, people were joking about it, and I think it's true. I mean, we really we look like the Oklahoma Sooners this year, circa, I don't know, say 2015 through 2020, give or take, right? You know what I'm talking about. We we basically were the Oklahoma Sooners uh, this year. And I worry uh, about that offensively, that that trend will continue away from the run and more towards the pass. I'm hoping it doesn't because you're right. You, you, you don't need an elite defense necessarily to win a national championship anymore. You need a high-powered offense, but I still submit that it has to be balanced. And I know you know, people try to talk about balance in different ways, but it, it you do need to have more run than what Ohio State has right now, number one. And number two, and more importantly, you need to be able to run that ball – when you want to. And that was the problem against yeah. Michigan, right? When we wanted to run the ball, we weren't able to. And that was not the case in, in 2014. You know, that was not the case in 2015, except for some mysterious reason in the, who, who nobody knows why, but in the Michigan state game, we refused to run, <laughs> but, um, got to have that. And, and I, I, I Ohio State needs to work on that in the offseason.
1: Yeah, absolutely and this kind of has segued into our our year in review. Um so yeah, just a a couple points, you know, to to walk through on that. Um overall, you know, they finished 11 and 2. They won the Rose Bowl. Um but a lot left to be desired. Um you know, clearly a good you know, high caliber team, especially on offense. Uh, but the defense wasn't there. And, and we said it, you know, this is this an extremely young team, one of the youngest in the FBS. Um, and just a lot of inexperience, especially on defense. I mean, and, and that can only take you so far, I think. Um, a lot of, you know, the inexperience doesn't help, of course, uh, but a lot of the issues we talked about already in, in depth, uh, mainly with coaching. Um, and so obviously some needed changes, defensive coordinator, um and now a, a new uh offensive line coach uh and justin fry uh so it you know some things to to look forward to and i think you know obviously ryan day uh head coach now and what will be his um what fourth year next year will be his fourth year
0: yep number um, four
1: and and so, you know, we, we have the foundation there. We have good coaches. I think, uh, the biggest thing that needs to change, especially for Ryan Day, um, obviously he has his hand a lot in the offense. Um, he can stay the quarterbacks coach cause, uh, our quarterbacks under him have been phenomenal. Um, but you know, uh, the biggest gripe, I think my really big gripe with Ryan Day, um, especially since he's been head coach, we've had a lot of trouble with red zone scoring. um, and I think part of that comes to not being able to run the ball when you want to uh, somewhat, but, and just not being creative enough. I don't know if it, it's just the play calling. You, you've mentioned it multiple times that sometimes his play calling it just gets really weird um, for all the great moments in games that he's had. So, um, I, you know, it, it, maybe that's the case where, you know, you have a, a great offensive coordinator and Kevin Wilson, you have a new, guy coming in offensive line coach who was an offensive coordinator too. you have offensive minds there let you know let them do their jobs and kind of take your your hands off that um i don't know uh but i think kind of moving forward that's one thing uh we need we have to get better at is red zone scoring uh, because that's plagued us in a lot of big games i mean 2019 clemson um even you know, somewhat last year in, in the limited season, and definitely this year in the big games, uh, Oregon and Michigan. So, um, your your thoughts on, just on the on the coaching and everything, real quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on the coaching. You know, I talk about year in review. I came into this year not a happy camper. Um, I I'm, <laughs> yeah. I talk about blind squirrels, but I also talk about you know. In the face of a clock a broken clock being right at least you know twice a day and so that's probably me i am right at least twice a day on some of these things and that one i was just dead on it's not that i wanted to be and i'm all that proud of it but the fact was as i knew at the beginning of 2020 we were in a world for hurt uh on defense uh, because of the poor lazy hire that was carrie coombs um that one, I think, has been compounded by um, what has turned out, in my opinion, to be a not-so-great hire without Washington. Uh, that one, we weren't sure, right? Because at the time Washington came in, you know, we had Halfley, we had Greg Madison with some experience, you had Larry Johnson. Um, you just, it was kind of covered up, right? Um And then he was going to go to Tennessee to be their defensive coordinator. Like, well, no, we can't have that. You know, we we don't want to lose him. And so, you know, we we gave him more money, had him stay around. Um, But the linebackers weren't very good last year. You know, to be brutally honest about it, they weren't that great. And half of them are in the NFL. Because they're good players. They're just stupid schemes. And we brought that crap into this year. And with more inexperience at the linebacker, they looked even worse this year. And you started to think, well, maybe some of these issues are with Al Washington, right? So from a coaching standpoint, um, yes, I'm glad we, we're getting uh, getting Coombs out of that role uh, it's looking right now like he's still going to stick around, and I don't think that's a good idea uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, people, oh, well, you know, we're going to lose recruits that way. Well, so be it. We're also going to get some good recruits, right? I mean, that, that's that's what we've built. Um, with or with Car- without Kerry Coombs, they're just going to be different recruits, different four-star, five-stars, obviously. We're pulling them out of the transfer portal. But I don't see any good from him staying with the team. I think he's got to go. Um, Al Washington, I think he's got to go. So I'm not there yet with the coaches. I do think by default, the defense will be better schematically with Jim Knowles calling the plays. The team will be more experienced, to your point, And therefore, they will look better next year defensively by default. And I fear that might cover up. Some of those lingering issues. Our defensive line is they're 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 not as good as they used to be. Um, I, won't, I I don't want to use the word they're getting worse because that suggests that they're really really bad. But let's face it, they eat with each year. There is degradation in the output of that defensive line, and maybe Larry Johnson needs to hang it up. So I I I think. The defense will be better by default because they'll have a better scheme. They will have experienced, talented players, but I really think they still need to do some deeper digs there. Offensively, I don't know enough about Fry yet. Um, it's looking more like Stud was fired, which I don't get, but um, yeah. Well, let's see what, what Fry can do. I think offensively, they they otherwise look really good. They, they, they're great coaches uh, offensively. And to your point, yeah, they have to figure out that um, red zone stuff. Uh, I think that is a big issue. I think it's secondary to the defensive problems. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I do think a better focus on the run will take care of, will remedy some of it. So... I, and I say that because I think Fry's being being brought in. They they promoted Hartline to passing coordinator, a pass game coordinator, right? Um, and I think they are designating Fry as run coordinator, run game coordinator, or something like that, uh, which suggests that, yeah, probably just a, a title to make somebody feel good, but also that they are you know giving some thought uh, to how can they improve the run
1: game? Yeah. Yeah, and, and just briefly on on that. In, in terms of Coombs, I mean, he's a, he's a good, de- you know, a good secondary coach. Um, the aspect I wouldn't mind him staying, but I, I see what you're saying. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that Washington needs to go.
0: No, with, with Coombs, uh, I, I don't agree. I've heard a lot of people say that that oh, he's a good secondary coach. No, I was glad he left um, he, he's, he's an okay secondary coach. Uh, he's not a good or great one. Um, and so again, I, he, he, yeah, he's gotta go.
1: Fair enough. But yeah, I do agree. Washington has to go. We have to get a solid, uh, linebacker coach in there. Uh, either way, um, offensively. Yeah. They, they got to run the ball better. And, and you look at some of these stats, I was actually surprised by this. Um, you know, Travion Henderson um, only rushed the ball 184 times, but he still ran for, you know, 1,255 yards, you know, 6.8 per, per carry, which is still pretty good. Uh, I didn't realize he had that many yards. Um, obviously, you know, he's an, he's uh, an explosive guy. And if he, if he gets, gets out uh, in front, he, he's gone. So um, obviously that's exciting coming back next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, the offensive line was a little makeshift this year, uh, obviously, you know, four tackles playing. And so that really hindered the run blocking. Um, so hopefully as we get back to a more balanced line, uh, we can, you know, get some more solid run blocking next year, um, which we're going to need. And then hopefully that'll bring a little bit more balance. Cause we have the, we have the talent, we have the balance to, to be able to run and throw the ball. Um, but, yeah, you look at you know, some of these other guys, and it's exciting, too. I looked up some, set, uh, some stats. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud, obviously, uh, in his first uh, full year running the offense, You know, 4,435 yards, 44 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 71.9 completion percentage, which is crazy, and a 186.6 pass efficiency rating, which is the program record. Um, yeah, C.J. was awesome this year. Uh, you know, we, we said it all year you know, give him time. He just has to get settled in. And man, he did. Um, yeah, I, I think Haskins threw for 400 more yards in his season. But, um, besides that, I don't know if anybody, if any Ohio state quarterback has thrown the ball for that much. Um, in any of the recent years, uh, I don't know if you recall, like even Troy Smith or, no. um, some of the quarterbacks, even from you know the '90s, but I don't think so.
0: No, no. I mean, even even back in the '90s, I, I would say it really opened up under uh, under John Cooper. But but Earl Bruce was fairly wide open as well. I think the whole three yards in a cloud of dust goes back really to Woody. Um, yeah, Earl ran the ball quite a bit. We've had a lot of great running backs since then. Um, but we we passed quite a bit uh, in the '80s and uh, the '90s, and but it was always very balanced, and it wasn't. It was never you know. So you had these run and shoot style offenses, you know, back back in the day in the '80s and '90s. That were kind of the precursor to some of these spread offenses, etc. Ohio State was never that, right? Ohio State is a very wide open offense now which they were never that. Uh, but, yeah, they passed quite a bit. They ran quite a bit, and they maintained a balance out of standard you know, pro sets, eye, eye formation, and things like that. Um, but they were never a wide-open offense. And so, yeah, um, I don't know that very many quarterbacks, aside from Arch Schliester, ever threw over 400 yards until we got to uh, Dwayne Haskins. It was if it did happen. It was few and far between,
1: right? So yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you know, as as we look, you know, into next year, obviously excited uh, for some of these guys coming back. Obviously, CJ, um, you know, I, I think Justin had, had a, a bigger arm, but I, I honestly think CJ is more accurate uh, with the football, yes. and that's saying something because Justin was pretty accurate, but uh, he also throws that like. Um, Goal line fade or over the shoulder throw uh, beautifully. I think he's one of the best at Ohio State to do it. At least that that I have seen, and maybe you too. Um, I think
0: he's one of the best college quarterbacks I've I've seen do it. I mean, truly. Yeah. Now that said, you know, I watch obviously Ohio State every single week. You know, even teams that have a good quarterback. You know, every other year, um, I'll see quite a few games. Um, but not obviously every single one. So there is definitely bias, not necessarily from a fan perspective, but just cause I see it more often. Right. But man, I don't know that I have seen it, uh, as well and as often as, as he does it.
1: Yeah. Especially, uh, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is, is that, you know, red zone like target. Um, so I'm looking forward to that next year cause I think that could be a huge, uh, huge weapon, um, Especially in the red zone, you know, that that kind of goal line fade uh, type deal, because I know they can make it work. So,
0: yeah, um, he kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Santonio San Holmes to you know, because Santonio Holmes right. is always that good, um, red zone wide receiver threat.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, I mean. You know, obviously, with you know a lot of inexperience, you know, we got a lot of guys returning, um, and especially the biggest ones on offense. You know, CJ Stroud at quarterback. Uh, even though we lose a couple of big wide receivers, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba had sixteen hundred receiving yards, which is insane. Has an it Ohio? Is. I don't think an, an Ohio State receiver has ever had that much. Um no. and let alone you know his Rose Bowl cap of three hundred forty seven yards. So. Uh yeah, um even uh, I mean Garrett Wilson finished with like a thousand and fifty something. So, uh yeah, I mean JSN just went off, um you know which was awesome. Obviously he's coming back that opens the door for some of these younger talents to 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 shine. Which is uh, so the offensive skill guys are still going to be great. Um we lose you know some of the guys on the line, um but uh, we have some good linemen. Uh, and the wings coming in, so I think the the offensive line still should be okay next year, uh, even losing Petit Frere, there Mumford, et cetera. Um, you look on the defense, which this actually surprised me. Ronnie Hickman uh, led the team in total tackles with ninety nine. Uh, the next closest was um, Eichenberg at sixty five, uh, which I think goes to kind of show. Well, you, you got something. half of
0: those in the Rose Bowl,
1: <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, clearly. Defense left much to be desired. Obviously you got some linebacker re- recruits coming in, but, um, yeah, they're hopefully nowhere to go, but up as all those linebackers return steel chamber still has another year, which is great. Um, Kate Stover flipping over to the defense, uh, plus some, some new guys coming in. So hopefully they can at least be a, a good stable there at linebacker. Um, and then, hey, shout-out to, uh, shout to the kicker. Noah Ruggles, 20-21 this year. Yeah. Um, is, is he coming back next year, or was this his only year?
0: I think this was his only year, but I'd, I'd, have, to, ah. I'd have to check that.
1: Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out to him. He, he kicked the ball really well. Uh, and it was nice to finally have a, a solid field goal kicker once again. Felt like we haven't had that in a while. So
0: Yeah, it has been a while since we've had a, a, a reliable uh, field goal kicker.
1: Uh, so yeah just some interesting stats there um just for some some of those uh top guys but yeah overall um you know excited for some of the transfer, especially the you know the, the safety transfer coming in some some depth coming back uh especially in the secondary and linebacker um which we desperately need and yeah I mean the the defensive line um, you know, it'll be second year for uh, JTT Jack Sawyer uh, looking to make their mark. It's just that that middle here, you know, that we keep talking about the middle of the line who's going to step up there. Um, hopefully they can they can fill that gap. So, overall, hey, there's
0: apparently a, a Miami Hurricane defensive tackle in the uh, transfer portal. Okay.
1: Is he really good?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he's pretty good. We definitely need um, a defensive tackle.
1: Yes, we do. So, if they do go to the transfer portal for anything, um, probably linebacker, defensive tackle. But uh, overall, yeah, we. we I, at least I said it at the beginning of the year. This was, um, I, I thought, a playoff type contender team, not a national championship contender. I was pretty much right. Um, yes, they could have gotten there, uh, but just a lot of young talent, and I, I completely. And truly think they will be a national championship contender next year, with the offensive skill guys and um, yes, by default a better defense. But but with the with the coaching changes, bringing in some different schemes, um, some some fresh looks, I, I do think the defense will be better uh, next year, especially in the run. Um, you know when we went from 2018, which was a horrid run defense, um, 2019 was. Like light year is better. Um that defense overall was was better. Um you know, you not only with the talent in the secondary, obviously, you know, those corners went first round, but um just the linebacker play in general. So I'm I'm hoping we see that type of, you know, that that caliber of shift in that defense. I don't know if we will. Um I don't know if I I think we have that same amount of talent, it just really hasn't shown yet, but um You know, I expect we'll see, if not that full, like full-scale shift, at least least somewhat, so.
0: Sorry, I had to take the last swill of my Talisker Scotch whiskey. There you go. So, I I think, um, yeah, looking ahead to next year, I... They should be able to get um, to the playoffs. Um, Michigan will take a step back. Um, I think the East on the aggregate is going to be tougher. I think Rutgers is going to get better. I think Maryland's getting better. I think Indiana has no other recourse but to get better. Uh, I think Michigan State will be a little better. I think Penn State will be a little better. So I think everybody is going to take a – Small step forward in that division. It was already strong, and I think Michigan will take a step back. And Ohio State, their offense will be explosive next year. Their defense, like I said, by default will be better. How much better remains to be seen. I think if it's even just marginally better, Ohio State almost made the playoffs anyway with that terrible defense, right? So um, if that defense is more than marginally better, Ohio State should make the playoffs. They do draw Wisconsin and Iowa um, from that side of the house. Who's the other one? I don't remember the the third team from uh, the West. You know?
1: uh, uh not off the top of my head. I'll have to look, yeah. but either way, yeah, it's because even if they get to the Big Ten championship, they'll most likely have to play one of those two teams again.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, like they did in in twenty nineteen. And so I I think those are both definitely winnable games. I mean, I expect Wisconsin to be a little bit better next year. I don't expect Iowa to be quite as good. Uh, Either way, I don't think either of that amounts to them being better than what Ohio State should be next year. So uh, Notre Dame coming to town, I personally think Notre Dame is going to get curb stomped. Uh, of course, you've heard those words out of my mouth before. <laughs> I said that about Utah. But, um, yeah, I really think uh, Notre Dame's in for a world of hurt when they come to Columbus uh, next year. And, like I said, Michigan will take a step back. That game's at home anyway. Um, I would be very surprised. And, again, a lot to happen between now and then. We'll have all these previews next year or next season, I should say. Uh, but, I would be surprised if they did not win the big ten and make it to the playoffs
1: yeah absolutely um so yeah it's uh hard to believe the uh season is over has come to an end um seemed like it just flew by, but I'm sure before we know it we'll be uh be right there talking about the uh the new season so um, well, we'll get. Obviously, we'll,
0: we'll, ha- we'll have the backyard paradise ready by then to to really do uh, some college football out by the pool. Um, That's right. With some multiple TVs and what have you.
1: There you go. Uh, yeah, well, you know, periodically, uh, obviously not as much, you know, through the off season. Um, you know, maybe some recruiting news, uh, some some things, if any big news you know, comes up from the Buckeyes, uh, we'll probably be on it. Um, and yeah, as we get closer then into next season, we'll do, uh, of course, some more previews and for the conferences and, and stuff like that. Obviously we love Ohio state first and foremost, but we do love college football in general. And it's fun to, to look at, you know, some of the other teams, other conferences and, and how they fare. Um, but for now, uh, anything else?
0: No um you know just very quickly uh, just looking back at the year we talked about Ohio State and, and whatnot um you know just looking back at, at who we picked in some of the other conferences and and how close we were I don't think anybody you know Clemson for as bad as everybody thought it got they ended up what ten and three so still not bad um, but nobody saw. Them with three losses. Um, I don't think anybody really knew uh, what to expect out of the Big 12. You know, Texas could have gone either way. They have a lot of talent, but, you know, also, you know, new coach and all of that. Um, I don't think anybody saw Oklahoma State um, winning the conference like they did. Uh, Pac-12, I do think everybody kind of looked at that and knew how bad it was. And I, and that's really the reason why Oregon rose to the top and was way overhyped uh, throughout the whole year is because up until the time that Utah finally took the conference, I mean, that, that conference was a clown show, and I think everybody knew it uh, even before the season began. You and I talked about it being a clown show, and it really was. Um, and all of that culminated to where yesterday, I don't know, it kind of, you know, with the college football championship, it kind of got brushed under, but the uh, playoff expansion meeting did not end well. There was a lot of animosity uh, in that thing, and I read about it. And a lot of the things that you would, you would think, uh, SEC being arrogant asses, um, talking about, you know, how successful they are, uh, in, in the play, the playoff era, you know, that hey, they don't need to do anything. You know, we're, we're going to get these people in anyway. So then being arrogant asses, um, Pac-12 being wusses, uh, asking for silly things that people don't care about anymore. Oh, we, we want to have the Rose Bowl twice, uh, in the year it would hold the national championship. That way we could have our traditional match. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's not to say they don't care about the Rose Bowl. I cared about it very much. It was an awesome experience, uh, and it will always be the best bowl game. But no, we don't need any silly accommodations like that for the playoffs. But uh, a lot of that kind of stuff across all the different conferences, nobody was happy, um, and that kind of got brushed under. And I don't know. I don't know why the Pac-12, thinking about them, tipped me off to that, but... Uh, but there it is. So I was just thinking very quickly, you know, anything else that we, we thought about when we did our conference picks or previews, um, you know, those were the things that jumped to my head. I don't know if there was anything that jumped to yours. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think you did. You, you chose Utah to win the Pac-12, didn't you?
0: I did. Uh, did I yeah, or did I, I choose us? Yeah. I, no, I think I was going I thought you to. Took. And then I made some moronic change to UCLA, didn't I? <laughs>
1: Maybe. I mean, I, I, I took Oregon versus Utah, but I took Oregon to win. Um, so at least had that right. Uh, and that those both would get there. Yeah. I mean, we both had Clemson, um, didn't think it'd be Pitt versus Wake Forest. That you know, shows you how bad that conference was this year. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the biggest miss was the big 12. Um, cause I th- said it would be between, um, Texas Uh, TCU and Oklahoma, I believe. And, of course, it was Oklahoma State and Baylor uh, with Baylor winning. Uh, Then, yeah, I said Ohio State, I believe, versus Wisconsin uh, this year. Um, And it was, of course, Michigan, Iowa. Uh, And then I did say Alabama, Georgia. Uh, I did think I I had Georgia winning this year, though um even though they didn't win the sec of course they did win the national title so uh, overall uh yeah i mean just a lot of uh i guess down years for teams Uh, a lot of teams just didn't do as well as as we expected and you know for that being said it was a it was a great year i mean there was i think the most upsets at least from a top 25 perspective since 2007 and we all know that year that year was crazy so um Overall, just a fun year of college football. It was fun to watch a lot of these games, a lot of upsets. Um, especially, you know, with, with a lot of these teams coming back after the COVID year, a lot of super seniors. Um, but it didn't work out well for, for a lot of teams, which, you know, is kind of interesting. Um, and now it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work through work through that. Um, because everybody that was on a roster has, has the ability to, um, you know, have an extra year. And so we won't go back to a normal cycle until, what, 2024? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out just like in roster management and all that for the next few years. But overall, yeah, um, just a a fun year of college football. Hopefully next year is is just as fun with a lot of uh, exciting games.
0: Indeed, my good man, indeed. And I think what you're trying to say right now, if I may say, is you have all enjoyed another fantastic episode Buckeye, Bob Bass will have it the boy
1: Indeed